that Santa Fe itself has has done really well um, in general. But you know, as community partners and all the different uh, different healthcare providers and all of us working together, uh, we've all respected each other's boundaries, each other's policies, and have really. Everybody, Ken from Home Instead here. Thanks so much for joining us again today. Today, my guests are Edgar and Rachel from the Montecito of Santa Fe. The Montecito is a senior living community that offers independent, assisted, and memory care services to their residents. Edgar is the executive director at the Montecito, and Rachel is the director of community relations. We've been working together in the community of Santa Fe for many years. I always enjoy every opportunity I have to spend some time with these two. We're talking today about, well, actually we're getting together and having this conversation at what we're hoping uh, is the tail end of this whole COVID pandemic. And things are starting to open back up and we're finding a new normal that makes returning to more in-person social engagements safer and, and, and possible to, to do that. And so given that the population that we work with tends to be primarily older adults, um, we thought this would be a good time to have a casual chat about what it looks like to reopen safely uh, with the folks that we work with. So thanks for joining me, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So uh, we'll start off with a light question. I uh, hope you guys have been doing well. I'll ask each of you, we'll start with you, Edgar. What are you looking forward to the most with the warmer months coming upon us now? Um, definitely the, the outdoor gatherings. You know, that that's definitely uh, something that, especially here in Santa Fe, you know, the warmer months are, are great times for us to still be outdoors and enjoy uh, just taking those afternoon walks, hikes, um, even picnics or those type of things. So that's, that's definitely something that we're really looking forward to, me personally. Um, and in, in terms of our campus and the residents, uh, they also are looking forward towards uh, being able to do some of those outdoor activities, getting together and, and having uh, social distance book clubs and uh, those types of activities that we used to host indoors. Uh, but now they're, you know, everybody's kind of still wanting to get together, but doing it safely. And so we've got a lot of outdoor areas that can um, definitely provide that, that kind of setting for them. That's awesome. You know, I feel like Santa Fe, this area, it almost plays a bit of a trick on us around this time because it starts warming up and you're like, oh, it's yeah. warm. Let's go outside. And then we get blown over by the wind, you know, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> but once the wind starts calming down, it's it's absolutely beautiful. I can't wait. What about you, Rachel? What are you looking forward to the most? I am looking forward to the act the activities as well, but also um, I'm really looking forward to bringing back dining inside of our community. Um, yeah. You know, we have started out um, last few weeks, we've been doing lunches out on our back patio and the residents have really enjoyed that. Um, but I am looking forward to bringing them back into my building as well. Um, it, it's been very quiet <laughs> in mm -hmm. my community for a while. So 
Um, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing those faces of our uh, residents on a more day-to-day -day basis and mm -hmm. doing things within our building, like our fitness classes just started up and we are doing the classes outside, but the gym's open and we can have up to five people in the gym at a time. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to is just that slow movement in, into the indoors again too. That's great. I think as the beautiful weather does come upon us and the wind comes down, it might be hard to get people inside. <laughs> it's easier now because of the wind. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, and, and even the like coolness of the last few days, we did cancel our um, luncheons a couple times this week because it got cold and windy and yeah. So you guys, I know at the Montecito have been extremely careful throughout this whole ordeal to really minimize the impact of the pandemic on your community and help folks to stay safe. Coming to this point where we're at, things are starting to open up again and seeing a light at the end of the tunnel being, becoming more and more visible. How do you feel our community as a whole here in Santa Fe has done? I'm very happy that I live where we live. I, I, yeah. I, I have friends all over the world and you know, I think we've done better than most. We really have. And I, I Santa Fe is great. Right. And I agree. I, I think that's probably one of the biggest uh, variables that has made such a difference. Um, just the county of Santa Fe, New Mexico in general, uh, but Santa Fe itself has, has done really well um, in general. But, you know, as community partners and all the different, uh, different healthcare providers and all of us working together, uh, we've all respected each other's boundaries, each other's policies, and have really worked towards meeting ultimately the, at the end of the day, the need of the resident. Yeah. Um, but basically understanding everyone's limitations and, and everyone's uh, different approaches to how they were going to keep everyone safe. And so in order for all of us to work together, uh, we had to be flexible with each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of, you touched on my my next question, kind of zeroing in on the community of folks that we work with, uh, you know, within the healthcare network, all of the different organizations that are serving local older adults. Um, I know, I feel like I know, you know, a little bit of what I'm going to get from you with this, but like, we'll start with you, Rachel. How do you feel that community has done throughout this pandemic? I think everybody really rose to the occasion. Um, I think we all, like Edgar said, worked very well together in respecting each other's, you know, boundaries and um, protocols that we were forced to put in place. Mm -hmm. um, but everybody really stayed connected. Um, I really, I feel like we all stayed, you know, connected to each other and engaged and helped each other when we had, um, problems like when we when we would have COVID in our communities um, we would get together and support those communities we bring um, food and and care packages to the communities that were going through the roughest times um, and and we did we supported each other throughout and I was very proud of everybody for that yeah you made me think of our friend Dale when you said that a shout out to yeah. Dale uh, yep, he's just an amazing there. guy um, some of the work that he did around that, you know, if he found out that some, 
someone or, or an organization was being impacted. He was a really great uh, person to be out in the community rallying the troops, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. to, to love on the different organizations that were being impacted. I like what mm-hmm. you said too about remaining connected. I think that that was definitely the case. I mean, I went to uh, the first, we were talking about it before we started recording, but I went to the first, uh, one of the first networking groups in person that I've been to in over a year this afternoon. And it, it was interesting. The thing that I kept saying, that I kept commenting on was how funny it felt because it was the first time we had been with each other in person in over a year, but it felt like we had been hanging out the whole time. Like, and like, I, that's where I'm really thankful for technology, like what we're using to record this chat because mm-hmm. Zoom you know, I, I don't think it would have felt that same way if all we had was phone calls, you know, like yeah. being able to see each other's faces and really connect and um, and then have the real talks that we've had throughout the year about what's going on. Um, yeah, I could I could talk about a lot there. I mean, I'm thinking about I know in New Mexico, you mentioned being thankful to to be living here makes me think about how you know i've talked to people that i know from out of state and they're like whoa new mexico man you know i'm glad i'm not over there you know and i'm like thinking well i'm kind of glad i'm here you know because i mean it's hard it's hard in any sphere of life to deal with strict boundaries but when you get to this side of things and you see the minimal impact in comparison with other communities where it was more maximum, you, know, you could just start to think of how thankful you are for the fact that you have a lot of your loved ones mm-hmm. after these types of things. You know, I mean, that's not the case for everybody, but um, it, it could have been, uh, it certainly could have been worse. And Absolutely. We have, a, we have a lot to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to get into some specifics, um, kind of a, as a PSA, you know, a bit. I mean, um, if so I know you guys have been working closely all throughout this with the Department of Health to follow their guidelines uh, for communities within our state. Um, what are you doing in line, like currently, as we're starting to reopen and things? Um, what do the Department of Health's recommendations look like? And then maybe even alongside that, what's occurred to you all at the Montecito um, personally as you open back up? Like, how are you doing it in a safe manner? You can go first, Edgar. So, uh, you know, that's that's a, a, a tricky question because it's the entire time for this whole last year. Um, it's like we're, we're, we've got this moving target. Mm-hmm. And so every day and or week and month, uh, things were, were rapidly changing, you know, and especially in the beginning, there were so many uncertainties. We, we didn't know much about the virus and, and you know, how to, how to handle it, how to work against it, all, all of that. So mm-hmm. those first few months, I mean, we, there was so much that we were learning and trying to figure out. Um, now at the tail end, you know, we're coming into it much wiser uh, and with a bit more understanding. And so it's, it makes it easier 
to be able to, to really walk into this next phase. Um, the thing is, is timing and understanding everyone's uh, ability to adjust to change. Um, because we, we definitely can't go from just like we, we, we don't want to be completely closed and then tomorrow completely open. So it's, it's doing phases. It's, it's kind of slowly letting everyone get comfortable again with, with us being personal and, and up close and, yeah. you know, understanding each other and, and understanding that we all have different points of views and different ways that we see this whole opening approach. Some people are like, hey, this is great. Let's have a celebration and, and let's just get it all done. Yeah. Um, and some people are like, wait a minute, it's too soon. We're not ready for this yet. What's what's going on? Why why are you letting you know people do these things? And and so we we have to really just kind of understand everybody and and help everybody go through the process where they where everyone feels comfortable going through this next phase that we're going through. And so uh, visitations for us now has become a, a very big thing because for the last year there was so much isolation uh, yeah. that that everyone was so much looking forward to, to actually being able to to not have to use you know the the digital calls or phone calls or emails and text messages you know we there there's that generation still likes to to do the in person you know I want to see my my grandchildren, my kids, I, I want to be close to my family. Yeah. I, I've, lived, I've lived a good life. And, and so I'm, I'm comfortable. Where are they? You know, I, I, I need to see them. I need to hold them, that kind of thing. And so us being able to allow in-person visits is huge for, for their emotional well-being, um, just as much as we were trying to protect them. You know, the isolation itself created its own set of issues. And, yeah. and so th that, that's probably the biggest change uh, that has come that we're going through now. Um, you know, then the next thing is, is the ability for our residents to actually leave the campus um, to, to go do things that, that maybe aren't uh, as critical, like, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a serious doctor's appointment that, that needs to be handle it can be as simple as just going out for for a ride or a walk or, or a visit yeah. with friends and family you know and and so those small changes those small gradual um, relationship kind of rebuilders are are, are the biggest uh, that's the biggest part of of what we're going through now so um, you know and everybody's still being conscientious about it you know so so they are still social distancing. People are still wearing their masks. They're still washing their hands. Um, they're still being, being very conscientious of, you know, if anybody's ill, they're, they're not coming to, to visit anybody. If anybody has any risks or signs or symptoms, they're not taking it lightly. Um, you know, it's great that we're opening, but everybody, like I said, is coming into this much more aware of, of you know, some of the signs and symptoms or how we can prevent it from spreading and how to protect themselves, how to protect others. Uh, and, and those are the biggest things is, is everyone just kind of, as long as we all do our part, uh, you know, then we can keep going through this reopening phase. And like you said, get back to, to our normal, uh, yeah. but we're doing it in a much wiser way.
you said something about the emotional well-being, you know, uh, being being aware of the emotional impact that all this has uh, on on people, and you made me think about how one aspect of opening up safely has to consider how safe people feel. Like them feeling safe is important. Um, what 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 does that make you think of, Rachel? I mean, you I know you have a big network of not only professional connections but just friends all over the place. Mm-hmm. How have you seen the emotional impact of this thing affect people in different ways, and and how mm-hmm. do we have to think about that as we're starting to reopen? Right. Well, I think like Edgar mentioned, we have to we're starting slowly, and especially in communities like ours. Um, it's like one step at a time, like mm-hmm. we're doing the outdoor lunches on the patio. Yeah. Um, and, and that's reservation only because we have them still socially distance, um, you know, just a few people per table. So um, it does. Um, we have to take into consideration how everybody's feeling about the opening. And that's one of the reasons we're taking it step by step, just a little bit of a time. We don't want to open too quickly and then have to pull it all back. That's another thing that we're kind of watching. We don't want to give something and take it back again right away. So, you know, we want these changes to be permanent. (laughs) We're hoping. Um, Fingers crossed. Huh? I said fingers crossed. Uh, Fingers crossed. But I I do think that, you know, we're in a great, we're in a pretty great spot here in particular. And then it's just, it's just amazing to see, Mm -hmm. you know, the effect of, you know, these vaccines rolling out and seeing the numbers going down. And um, yeah, it's, it feels a little bit like a dream. It does. Yeah. And, and that, and we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to count our chickens, I guess, before they hatch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so we're taking it slow. And I think our residents um, really appreciate that. Um, nobody has come to me and I, and everybody comes to me with complaints. Nobody has come to me <laughs> and said, we need to open right now and it needs to all go back to normal. No, nobody has done that. Everybody has been very appreciative of how we're putting things back in place. Um, the other thing to consider staffing right now, um, staffing back up is, is difficult right now. Yeah, and so, so we can't, even if we wanted to just poof, be open, we couldn't do it uh, because we have to staff up for that. Yeah, we're feeling some of that as well, but we're we're looking forward to even just reconnecting with our team on a on a more you know um, more intimate level. Just like I, I cannot wait until we can start getting all of our caregivers together and and just processing it all together and and just kind of being a family together again. Um, just the other day, we. Uh, we added, um, within the last couple of weeks, we added a new team to our office staff. You guys know how significant that is because like we've all been, been together so many years. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got a, a new kid on the block. His name's Steven. And we did a, uh, a drive up uh, breakfast burrito event for our caregivers to introduce them to him. Okay. And yeah, it was super cool. And like, it was just amazing to see some of them. And like some of them I probably hadn't seen in person in about a year. It's just, it's it's just crazy well i'm gonna tell you something funny um we're just now discussing our 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 manager's holiday party you know that you usually have in december <laughs> are <laughs> you guys going to make so that cool. party 
Yeah, okay. we're going to do the makeup We're actually party thinking because... about doing that too. That's awesome. <laughs> so we need to have one. So yeah, so we're, we're planning our first, you know, manager's outing, uh, you know, in over almost two years. So long time. Well, I mean, that could be one of these, but the last question I wanted to ask you guys, I know both of you to be very positive-minded, positive thinkers. Um, one of the things that I've found essential in the midst of all of this, this past year, has been to make a, you know, a concerted effort to look for silver linings. And um, there has certainly been some, but I would love to hear from each of you about the different types of silver linings maybe that you've noticed, because I think that's healthy for us to share those kinds of things. Do you want to go first, Rachel? Of course. <laughs> um, I actually think, you know, we talk about how COVID, everybody was isolated and I'm an introvert. So I didn't really see, you know, from my perspective, yeah. um, I, I always go to work and come home and stay home. Um, so, um, my, my silver lining is that I, I really felt that people made more of an effort to connect. Um, I, you know, I, I, my mom lives in Illinois and prior to COVID, we probably talked once every two months. Um, now we talk weekly um, and COVID did that. And, it, and so to me, I think I feel like I connected a little bit more on some level. That's amazing. That's my silver lining. <laughs> I can feel that way too. Like there was certain relationships, um, this whole dynamic made it so that we actually connected more, even mm -hmm. if it was, you know, over Zoom or, um, or, you know, even just few people that we ended up picking up the phone and texting each other a lot more. I can yeah. definitely relate to that. Yeah. What about you? I, I checked in on people more often. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, some, sometimes those connections, um, I think during this this time frame also we're a little deeper. Um, we tend to get really busy and, and really preoccupied with with life in general, and, and I think it just really brought to the surface uh, a lot of relationships that had maybe, um, you know, like Rachel said, maybe we hadn't kept in touch as often, and so not just the frequency, but I think the quality of of, of those connections. Uh, it got deeper, for sure. You know, there, there was a lot of, I think, serious conversations that maybe otherwise wouldn't have happened and or we didn't take time, enough time to just stop and were forced to, to really ask questions and, and listen to people's answers and or worry about how people are, are actually managing and, and dealing with this whole circumstance. And uh, on many levels, it almost forced us to get involved in, in other people's lives and, and we were forced to not just give help but accept help um, you know during this whole process and and be there for each other so I, I think that was probably uh, one of the biggest silver linings uh, I, I know there's a lot of family who I personally um, hadn't talked to for quite some time and and it was all of a sudden uh, just like we were having uh, business, network meetings with you know 15 20 people it's like all of a sudden there was this this family network meeting where it's like okay let's all get on the phone and and or check on each other weekly or monthly or whatever it may be um just to make sure that everyone's doing okay whereas before if we said okay once a month we're all going to go to 
Sue's house and get together, um, that may not be as easy, but, but this year we, we kind of all made time for each other. Yeah, that's interesting. As you said that, I, I thought about, you know, it, it often occurs to me, you know, areas of my life where there's, there's certain people that I would like to be more connected with. And, um, it does seem like this pandemic could have been a catalyst to like give the reason and make the reason a lot more apparent, you know, that the time we don't have all the time in the world to do the things that, that we want to do, you know? And I think that, you know, before the whole pandemic, you know, something like that, Hey, we all got to get together at Sue's house. Everybody be like, but why? <laughs> you know, like, like we could do that next month or we could do it next week. But um, yeah, I think that maybe that is one of the reasons we ended up connecting more with one another during this time because it just became apparent that things can change. Things can change pretty quickly and you had no idea that it was even coming. Mm -hmm. And uh you know, I think we're more appreciative of things now. I mean, almost everything I'm more appreciative of. Um, you know, we used to take for granted going out to a restaurant yeah. or going to a movie or doing anything. <laughs> so, so <laughs> doing wow, anything. I mean, it is. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to go out to lunch. That's just like amazing. Yeah. More appreciative. Now it's like, <laughs> I can go for a walk and I don't have to wear a mask. What? <laughs> I can breathe the fresh air. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I think for us as a community of providers, um, you know, in all the different spheres that, that we know folks within, I think that it's, uh, you know, it's done a lot for our relationships and going forward and our teams, you know, that, that we've pulled together during a difficult time. And I, I think that that's a, I mean, that's always a really great thing for relationships. When you're able to, I mean, I know some heroic sounding things that you guys have done. We don't have to go into all that, but like sometimes when I hear about the ways that you and your team have pulled together, specifically you, Rachel, and you, Edgar, I, I'm amazed by the things that you guys have done. And um, I'm really thankful for your work in the community, your work on behalf of the residents within the Montecito. But um, yeah, I'm just thankful to know you guys thankful to be able to to get together and have these chats and I think this is a lot of valuable information and uh, yeah I to those who are listening um, definitely if you have any questions about these types of things I know that Rachel and Edgar their their phones are are always they're always available on the on the phone their doors are always open uh, so to speak um, and so thank you guys for having this chat with me absolutely Hope you guys Thanks have for a great having us. Your we day. Have a great with you. you too. All right. Thanks take again. care, guys. Bye.